This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. SEN tennis expert Brett Phillips does join us. It's time for a McAfee catch-up. The Aussie Angus Deluxe is back at Macca's. Morning, BP. Uh, morning, Jules. Big numbers through the gate. And as we've learnt, uh, Tennis Australia needs all the money it can get uh, after what happened uh, during the pandemic. But the story of the no- the day was last night. And uh, Dino Prismich, who uh, everyone knows who he is now, not just the tight shorts. He's got a serious game on him as well. <laughs> yeah, the, the, these young guys, you know, they're, they're ready to go, uh, Jules. They're not here to make up the numbers. He is a junior Grand Slam champion, so, you know, we uh, we know of his name and you, you put a little asterisk next to those junior Grand Slam champions because you sort of, you know, chart their progress and whether they can step up on a big stage and no bigger stage than playing on centre court at a major against uh, arguably the greatest. So, yeah, he was... Um, he was more than comfortable out there and you know, obviously took that second set tiebreaker and it's amazing. You know, Djokovic doesn't lose too many uh, tiebreakers, but when he does drop a set, his ability to reset and start the whole match again, uh, we've just seen it so many times. But yeah, really solid uh, young guy. I mean, you know, we've seen obviously the strength and the body that Alcaraz has built and Holger Rune has built and yeah, we like his game. Djokovic had uh, plenty of um, you know, nice things to say about him and he's going to you know, certainly climbed the rankings. So the depth is there, and it's funny with Djokovic, isn't it? I, I think I said this a little earlier, but it, you know, it's almost like he designs these type of matches just to work into the tournament. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you, know, you, you never, you never totally know that. But yeah, he um, he looked he looked good in the last uh, couple of sets, and you don't you don't need to be absolutely cherry ripe with everything going right in round one. Uh, he knows how to pace his way through the two weeks. The party court is an interesting concept, BP. There's a little bit of feedback uh, from Arthur Kinnanech yesterday after he lost in his five. So in fairness to him, he said he likes the concept. It was just a few people uh, late on in his match that were sort of getting under his skin and, and calling out between serves, etc. I like the concept, but if you're worried this is going to be a bit of a, a theme throughout the tournament that uh, the later in the day that uh, a few of the patrons might interrupt the play? Well, it's interesting. I mean, I... You know, I'm in such the cocoon of the role I do, Jules. Uh, you know, I don't go as a patron. So you, you try and uh, understand what is happening on these outside courts. Obviously, it's a huge precinct, a lot of people coming. But, you know, certainly the last three years, the crowds have been a big talking point, haven't they? I mean, the Australian Open crowds have always loved coming to the tennis, the happy slam. You know, they uh, create a great atmosphere. But it just seems to me that some basic tennis etiquette has totally gone out mm. the window and that people... Uh, coming there just looking to grab their five minutes of fame. I mean, there's two simple things in tennis. Uh, while the point is uh, unfolding, I mean, you can certainly ride the emotion of the point, and, you know, the U's and the R's, that's part of it all, and then you celebrate like, 
you want a gold medal at the end of a point, but when a, a person steps up to serve and then there is service motion, uh, tennis is a sport, and some people think the tennis players are a little precious, but that is part of tennis. It is, yep. They're, they're, in, they're in their workplace. Let them serve. You, well, why do people need to yell out in between first and second serves and carry on even people yelling out while someone's in their service motion? I mean, it's just pretty basic ending. And I, I feel like that's uh, gone by the wayside a bit, but tennis is always attracting new fans. There's a lot of people who obviously come along who would not buy one other tennis tournament for the rest of the year and probably just don't quite understand it. Maybe they need a bit of education on it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's great atmosphere on those outside courts and, it, and you can keep within the tennis etiquette. So I'm with you, BP. I'm not sure why people have to step outside those boundaries. Just before we get stuck into the rest of today's action, a couple of the big seeds on the men's side. That must have been a scare for um, Taylor Fritz and Alexander Rublev yesterday. Yeah, well, Fritz, uh, you know, had that sort of medical time. I think it was his ankle, and you know, he wasn't looking uh, wasn't looking that flash, uh, losing uh, the opening set. And look, Taylor's had uh, a tough sort of last six months. Obviously, he'd risen a lot higher inside the top ten. He's dipped out, and you know, Popper and obviously beat him what second round last year. So yeah, we haven't seen the best of Taylor Fritz certainly in Melbourne, but. Now, that's just the competitive nature of uh, men's tennis. You know, a lot of the unseated players are arguably just as good. They just maybe don't do it as consistent, but they can they can have their moment and really push these guys. Uh, it all comes down to, yeah, trying to, you know, sustain it over the period of a match. Everyone can play a good set or two, but the best of five, you know, normally the cream will sort of rise. And, yeah, for Rublev, uh, I mean, he wants to get to a semi-final for the first time in his career. He's been uh, obviously consistent top ten. But you know what? He does give you a look, Andre, because um, a lot of his matches uh, ebb and flow. He's highly emotional. That, that's who he is. Wears his heart on his sleeve. But, yeah, sometimes some of those high seeds don't mind that early in the tournament just to get themselves into the tournament. Exactly right. A lot of Aussies in action today. I want to ask you about the match between Alexi Popperin and, and Mark Polman. He's an interesting player Alexi, he's had some good results here. He's had some good results around the world. What, what sort of the ceiling do you think for Alexi Popperin? Well, when you look at him play, it's sort of that effortless power, big serve. That's what he's been known for since he was a junior. And that's obviously propelled him up the rankings, that, that raw power. But what I've seen in the last 12 months is a greater ability to really dig in when things aren't going your way. And I, I, I felt like Alexi would just lose matches not in a great manner, and now it's, okay, he's putting a hell of a lot more on the line. I think, you know, he's had a more solid team. He went through a lot of different coaches, but Xavier Melisse, the former pro player from Belgium, has been with him for pretty much the last 12 months. So good, stable team has allowed him to get up to 40 in the world. Now the jump to try and cut that ranking in half. Is he capable? Absolutely. Uh, you know, he can play. He's obviously uh, really improved his forward Um part of the court game. You know, he's bowling, he's getting in, he's got a big wingspan. Uh, but, you know, he's, he's grinding what he has to. And we saw that at the Australian Open last year. He made the third round and he really won some tough battles. That's what you've got to do. You've got to dig in against these guys. So I think uh, when you sort of match up he and Demonor, about the same age, grew up in Spain. Uh, Alex has got their... I think more because of his mentality. So if he improves the mentality and doesn't lose his focus in games, then Popper and you know, probably at some point should overtake Demon Hall. Speaking of Alex, he's got the match tonight uh, against uh, Milos Raonic. Um, how much of a danger match 
is this or is that more based on, I guess, the reputation of what Milos has done in the past and, and not what Milos is now? Yeah, I feel confident with Alex. I think his body of work's been good. You know, he's playing as good a tennis as he ever has. Everything's in pretty good nick, to be totally honest. So what have you got to sort of counteract with Milos? It's a serve. Okay, well, you know, if, it, if, it's, if it's a serve that's tough to break, you just keep trying to hold, uh, which you know, Alex can do a good job of. And then, you know, if it comes down to some tiebreakers, which often Ramich's matches have in the past, then, you know, you just dig in on those ground battles. That's where I think he can really wear Randish down. You know, he'll make Milos play a lot of balls, and Milos hasn't really played a lot of long matches uh, for, a, gee, a good two or three years now. So, you know, I feel confident his game style will wear Randish down, but he, and you've just got to try and make inroads. Any of those big servers, you've got to try and just make some inroads. It might just, you know, require, it only requires one break in a set to uh, get it your way, and you know, the, the great thing about Demidor is he's good at building pressure on his opponent. So no, I, I feel pretty confident with Alex tonight. And before I let you go, BP, we've got uh, three former champs, uh, recent mums, all back in the tournament this year. Uh, Angelique Kerber, Naomi Osaka, and uh, last night Caroline Wozniacki got through. She was a setup, and before her opponent retired, uh, I know you've, you've you've liked what you've seen from Naomi Osaka, but just on paper, Caroline Garcia, that that looks pretty tough in the first round. Yeah, well, she had a great 2022 Garcia, got to four in the world, won the tour finals. Last year, slipped back um, back down to 20. So she can be a dynamic player. She can also have some days where she gets the serving yips and things just don't land inside the chain line. So she, the game can go a little pear-shaped. But, yeah, it's a t- it is absolutely a tough first round. I mean, Naomi, you know, I'm just fascinated, to be honest. I'll be glued to that tonight just to see her back on a Grand Slam stage. And we got... A nice little feel for her in Brisbane, and she was striking the ball really well. And she was also getting in. She's not a comfortable volleyer, really. But I think she's trying to add some layers, and that'll be a work in progress. She's obviously lowered the expectations, but she's dangerous. She's a player you don't want to be playing. If she finds her range, that power is still there, and it's pretty brutal. So, yeah, I'm really fascinated with Osaka. Not only tonight, but what you know the comeback is going to look like. You know, obviously Spitalina's made a really good fist of it. I think Wozniacki can make a pretty good fist of it. You know, Kerber's older, uh, 36 this year. Mightn't have the same impact. Naomi's, what, uh, 10 years younger and, you know, he's still in a window to have some great success. Just one more before I let you go. I've got three Aussie women in action today. Taylor Preston, Storm Hunter and Darius Saville. What should be our expectations for how many of those girls will make it through? I think Daria wins. Yeah, got Magdalena fresh, so semi-final in uh, Hobart. Dasha, you know, she just brings an incredible level. And we had Luke Savile with us in commentary, her husband, uh, last night. And, you know, Luke was saying that if she can just have one year of no injuries whatsoever, then uh, her level should see her get back up the rankings uh, pretty quickly. Uh, Taylor Preston's got Spitalina, so it's tough, no doubt. But you know, I encourage anyone who's going to the tennis today or, you know, jump on the uh, the nine coverage and take a look at this young girl if you haven't seen her because there are some genuine hopes for her uh, for the future. She does strike a really good ball. She's got the eye of the tiger uh, and she's ready uh, to win these sort of matches. I mean, she pushed Garcia to three sets in Adelaide uh, last week and could have won that match. So she'll uh, relish the opportunity to take on another established pro. So, yeah, for Taylor, 
uh, it could be tough. And for Storm, yeah, uh, winnable. Absolutely winnable for Storm Hunter. You know, uh, She should be double figures in the singles rankings at some point in her career. So you've got to win these Grand Slam matches. Uh, looking forward to it, BP. 11 Aussies in action and some of the world's best as well. Looking forward to day two and uh, all the coverage across SEN and the SEN app. Uh, enjoy the day. Thank you very much, Jules.